already have five people in the chat. Hi, everybody. Hi, everyone in the chat. Hello. We're here. Just. Welcome <laughs> to Tanked Up, the podcast all about video games and beer. I'm one of your hosts, Ben. I think it's episode 256. At least that's what I put up in the old information. Didn't look back through me book. But to tell me if it isn't or whether it is, whether they don't know either, is Lucy. Not a clue. <laughs> no, and Adam. Uh, it is 256. Hey. Also, also, hello! Oh, I <laughs> peeked the mic. I said I wasn't going to, and then I did the yell thing without moving away from the mic. Because I am to do. not a professional. I mean, are any of us? No. See, I mean, in some capacities, yeah, I was like, we are eh, professionals. I mean, you you in, literally in have a professional things. designation, right? That's yeah, true, yes, Ben's I do. A yes. professional, I'm not. And yeah. you are, you're like a doctor. I'm not a professional, just, I am a doctor. I'm just a lackey. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Um, let's open up some beers and we will get into what we do every week. and talk about some video games, uh, or the world of video games, depending on what we want to talk about this week. Four beers. Uh, I'm itching for one. I haven't had one yet today, so I'm going to open up first. I'm going to drink. Um, I'm going beer. to drink. Just drink. I'm going to open up uh, a collaboration between Beak Ooh. and Northern Monk. Um, this is Wool. It's a double IPA at 8.5%. Uh, it tells me what does it tell me? Some things. Uh, an ode to our Leeds roots. Uh, this dipper was brewed in collaboration with our old friends at Northern Monk using a combination of Citra, Sabro and Eldorado hops. Hazy, fluffy and silky smooth with mushy overripe flavours of mango rum punch Ooh. and berry pavlova that's an interesting combination of flavours um, that is the flavour text it was packed on the 15th of March best before is in September so super super fresh yeah. about a week old mm -hmm. happy happy with that I'm going to crack this one open uh, Adol, we will come to you next. It's me. What are you going to drink? I'm drinking evening? something from very close to home. Um, it is the uh, newer um, Arbor West Coast IPA called ah. Dank Scopio. And it says it is 7% uh, alcohol uh, ABV, uh, 568 mils. A full pint. Oh, wow. Um, just so you know, I don't know why, but it looks real blue on the, on the camera. It is a fierce purple. Um, yes. It's a great rich purple. I'm very sad that it looks blue. It also says more tech troubles for me. Anyway, um, West Coast IPA <laughs> brewed with Columbus and Galaxy hot side and dry hopped with Columbus, Simcoe, and Mosaic cryo hops. In uh, that is all it says. Um, but I, I have had it for over a week and have avoided drinking it, which was difficult. That's fair. I'm, I have had this. I had this two weeks ago now, maybe a week ago, mm. uh, just as, a, as, a, as one of my little weekend Arbor binges because the, the place down the road has been selling them for three for like £9.50 or something, or three for ten quid. So I've been picking them up quite regularly. And I think from looking at the Arbor socials, someone messaged them and said, is this meant to be Dank Scorpio? From the mm. Simpsons fame. And yeah, they alluded to yes, so perhaps Scopio is a 
typo that oh. didn't actually <laughs> say it was. Limited but, run ten. Collector's mm. mm. item. But um, yes. yeah, I I got the Simpsons reference. I just didn't realize yeah. I left out the R. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I I mean I just looked at Scopio. I'm like, well, unless there's like a Scopio hop, I'm not familiar with. That's an odd thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucy. Mm. I'm going to have a beer this evening. I am, and I'm also ah. staying local. Um, mm-hmm. Ooh, we'll see. I this see may this. this may be the only beer I have today. We'll see how it goes. Um, oh, it's very chilly. So if I'm thinking of having another one, I might need to take that out of the fridge. Um, <laughs> this is from Burning Soul, and it's O one two one Brew One. O one two one being a um, uh, the the. the what do they call it? Local telephone call. A code for Birmingham. Uh, okay. Um, oh, it's a Brew One Hopped IPA, 7%. Um, it's a big, heavily hopped IPA brewed with recently released American Brew One Hops. Mm-hmm. Brewed in collaboration with our friends at Independent Birmingham, this beer is a nod to all the independent businesses that make the heart of the country great. Uh, flavor text is pineapple, tropical fruit, bright. Hmm. Um, nice. Yeah, seven percent IPA. I I haven't had this. Um, this is a new one. Um, yeah, it was collab. It's very mm-hmm. very recent. Don't know if I can see when it was canned. So don't know if I have you beat Ben on who's got Ooh, the newest like beer. Two days old or something. <laughs> when did you go? Two, about two days ago, you went to Burning Soul. Yes, on Saturday. Saturday. Sunday. So, what is time? What's that? Three, uh, four I mean, days ago. Four billion days ago in this current <laughs> climate. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah, two some, minutes ago. It's got some nice art. I don't know if you like can nice. see. Some lovely buildings. The, yeah, the old ball ring in there. Cathedral. Nice. It's the old Digbeth. It's the old Digbeth landscape. Mm. Cityscape. The new ball ring. Yeah. Ginormous boring, yeah. Mm. Nice. Yeah. I, I I remember. I can't remember. I remember, but not mm-hmm. how long ago, that um, you went back to Burning Soul um, and picked and, and had a couple of beers that you'd already had by them and and did so on the on the episode, maybe ten ish episodes ago, something like that, roughly. Yeah. Um, so are they are they pumping out new beers or is it sort of a slower process? Uh, it's that, a that bit slower. Other than this. Um collab one because I went there on Saturday and he was like no point kegging all this new you know brewing you know new batch and letting it go to waste so yeah I mean the sooner things open up the better it will be for everybody really so not long to go hopefully they'll uh, get people in droves mm-hmm. come the 12th safe droves safe yeah, non-cabin yes. droves mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. oh I I'm not going to say anything, but okay. it smells delightful. Good, so. good. Uh, I'll come back to the, the, the Beak Northern Monk mm. dipper. It's got a lovely nose. It, it, it hit me as soon as I cracked the can and started pouring. It's it's it, it's a soft nose, but it's big. A little bit of tropical fruit, but as they were saying, it's definitely that kind of ripe mango. Uh, you get that straight away off the nose. And a bit of a... Hmm, don't know. Don't know. Something else. You lot can see. Mm. Oh, oh, that flavour. Um, it, it is hazy. It's a little bit bronzier than it than it comes up on the um, 
camera, but it's kind of a dull color. That definitely comes across. It's, it's yeah. definitely sort of like a solid, quite dull uh, colored beer. Um, a little bit of head on it, that's dissipated really, really quickly. But it's a lovely flavor. Just like the nose, very, very full. Soft, but strong. And it does have, definitely hits you straight away with kind of that overripe melon. And that lasts, that kind of sits there holding the whole of this beer together. And, and, and now, after the other flavors have kind of gone away, it's that melon that sticks around. There's something about berry pavlova as well. And I'm not quite getting that. There's definitely a, a sweetness, like a berry sweetness in there. And there is a little bit of a creaminess to this as well. Uh, does it have oats? Yes, it does have malted oats, flaked wheat, malted barley. That's all they tell me for those uh, for those things. Um, but yeah, there's this there's this like this sweetness to it, and I don't know if it's that berry pavlova, whether it is berries. Uh, they they said about rum as well, mm. and there's a there is a, a slight kind of alcohol heat from it as well. Kind of, which matches quite well and fits in quite well with that ripe mango. Um, you can see how the combination of these does make it feel like there's there is a little bit of an alcoholic kind of burn to it, very soft and, and not an alcohol burn, but just that slight feeling of it mashed in with the, all of this mango and all of these berry sort of flavors that I'm getting from it. That's far too easy. That's ridiculous. Um, it, it's not kind of you know that that ripe mango matched well with that sweetness isn't taking it down that kind of you know oniony kind of way. It doesn't feel like it's too sort of dank, leading it into sort of like a stewed kind of fruits flavour. Very much sits on that ripe mango sweetness, and then back into that mango again, which is which is nice. Doesn't overstay its welcome. Very, very easy. Um, that alcohol, oh, that slight burn on it does suggest that it is a little bit bigger, and it is 8.5%. Um, but yeah, this is this is really good. Nice. I've been um, looking to try and acquire some uh, big brewery beers. So. Mm -hmm. mm. We'll see. See if it yeah. comes on. I did have another one from them the other day, which I think was called uh, Locals. So it's got a slightly different um, can design to it. So it's a, it was a photo, and I think locals is like they're they're one of their standard IPAs where they're mixing up the batches every now and again and changing things a little bit, but they're matching it with sort of you know for this one a local photographer who'd taken mm -hmm. the, the photos and, and mm. things like that, which seems really really nice. And I've, I think I've only ever had those two and whatever they're standard kind of IPA is which was also in the bottle shop but I've had it a couple of times now with the, the people holding bottles the, the cartoony people holding bottles right. on the can um, but yeah uh, everything so far from them has been very very solid uh, Adol, we'll come to you it's me um, so you can't trust the colour although it's pretty orangey it's a little yes, yes less yellow than you see but of course my mm. whole room looks yellow lighting um, it poured with about uh, like a half finger's worth of head that stayed until about halfway through your 
um, tasting notes, Ben, and then I toss uh-huh. it up with the rest of the tin. Yep. Uh, immediately you get this lovely, lovely tropical waft with citrus. Um, just on the pour, on the nose, um, there's a bit of a pininess as well, um, mm. which is really nice. It goes really well with, with the, the, the tropical um, and slightly citrusy nose. It's really refreshing. Um, ooh. That is an Arbor beer. Um <laughs> It's creamier than I thought, and I think that's where the seven percent is living, because it certainly isn't living in the taste. Um, oh, there's a nice little bit of biscuitiness on the finish mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah, well, that I didn't get on my first sip. I mean, you saw that the pour was like a perfect pint, and so I've been like not wanting to spill on myself taking small sips. <laughs> um. We wobble it in front of the camera a little bit and just yeah, oh. sloshing it. Um, so it's got um, uh, that citrus is coming out more grapefruity than um, than it was on the nose, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and then it's got this underlying sort of foundation of pininess that, as the sort of tropical or sorry, as the grapefruit fades you get uh, you notice the pininess and then the biscuitiness of the malt sort of come in and then they leave and, and you're left with a oddly a biscuity pininess i would say on the finish that mm-hmm. it's quite long i think again because of that seven percent that's very hard to spot right away um but the whole thing is just really refreshing um yeah there's like i almost want to say there's there's it's got a bit of a zestiness in the citrus there, making it a bit sharper. Um, and then that leads into the more um, bitter grapefruitiness. Mm. And then, again, this, like, piney, biscuity interplay at the end, uh, which is really, really tasty. This is um, 7% West Coast IPA. I was thinking, oh, you know, I can pretend it's summerish, But this is actually, like, an ideal balance of, like, like more sort of wintry, that the, the malts being a little more forward than you can have in a West Coast IPA, it makes it a fantastic spring beer. Mm. It's it's giving you that, like I said, that that sharp zestiness of the citrus makes you think nice weather. Oh, want to sit and ha- be in the sun, but it has that biscuitiness on the back that sort of is like yes, but the air is brisk. This is this is an excellent beer. I really like it. Good, nice. One. Did you have any? lingering thoughts from a couple weeks uh, ago uh, no I think uh, I, I don't know whether again I had it a couple of weeks ago um, whether it was a little more freshly brewed um, I think the note I would have, have said that maybe you haven't mentioned much is is dank uh, yeah um, you know, from the from the title that that it, it felt like you hit those 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 tropical notes um, felt that maltiness coming in with that piney uh, with that piney finish, but it, that isn't quite the finish. There was also then this dankness that sort of set in with it as well, a very very hoppy sort of dankness, not not quite weedy, but but a bit more sort yeah. of on the on the hoppy side of that of that dankness, and and yeah, that that faded reasonably and left a nice sort of bitter piney finish, exactly as you're as you're sort of saying. Yeah, yeah. but I guess maybe mine was a little more green, so I got a bit more of that hop burn, a bit more of that dank. 
uh, note from it, perhaps. So, yeah. Good. Nice. Excellent. Uh, Lucy, mm-hmm. how's the burning soul? I'm not sure yet. Oh, looks nice. Yeah, it's um, it's a little murky. Uh, it's probably mm, copper in colour. Put a nice, like two finger solid white head mm. when I first poured it. Yeah, it's a good looking beer. Yeah, even even though it's been sitting for a while, still, still getting those tropical notes. Nice. That the. Uh, head on it looks very, very creamy, much more than either Avalor or mine. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Once I pour a little bit more into it, I'll try and hold it up to the camera, but just go for another sip. Mm. Always. It's definitely a bit too cold than I prefer mm-hmm. at the moment. So, probably not getting all the flavour profile from it yeah. right now, but. It's good beer. Nice. Good beer. That's it. Yeah, good, good beer is is an excellent review. No, it's really well balanced. You, you are getting a little bit of maltiness, a little bit of bitterness at the end. You're still getting those fruits, and I imagine those fruit flavours have just come out even more once, mm. it, once it warms up a bit. It's really... It's quite crisp as well. It's really crisp, very hoppy. Those you were saying, deal like this is what you want in summer. This is like going towards summer beer um, territory. Seven percent is you can taste there's a bit of alcohol in there, so mm-hmm. I'd probably say seven percent is. Mm, you might think it it's a bit lighter, but you can see yeah, seven percent. It's not it's not doing anything any voodoo where it's like oh my gosh, this tastes like a three percent beer, but. Yeah, it's just really well-rounded and balanced. Like, it's got everything going on, everything that you want from a IPA. You got that fruitiness, you got the bitterness, you got a bit of malt. Yeah, it's a cracking beer. Just, Perfect. There's not really much to say. I mean, it's right, just a fun. really good, well-balanced beer. It's not doing anything different. It's just mm. doing the IPA-ness. Hey. <laughs> I want to bring that back. <laughs> just very competently <laughs> and very well. Good. I, I I might let it sit for a bit because I as I say I mm. want to enjoy it when it's a bit warmer and then I might have some more thoughts. But yeah. good first impression. Nice, nice. We'll return to it just before we um, crack into those uh, second beers. If you've still got a little bit left uh, of it on the hour, um, so there are our beers. We're going to sit, enjoy them, and talk about the games that we've been playing or whatever takes our fancy in the gaming space. Um, Perhaps we can start this week, as we did last week, with the game that we have all played, um, which is called Sizable. Yes. And it is a a hidden object game. Mm. But it's a bit more of a puzzly hidden object game. Much more dynamic. Yeah, absolutely. In comparison to the others that we'd um, previously spoken about last week, uh, and um, what was the other one? Tiny Lands? Tiny Again, we referred yes. back to last week. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, Lucy, you um, uh, went to the, um, the developer and very kindly got codes for all of us, which the developer, uh, again, very kindly provided. Um, yes. Just before we jump into the game, what, um, what made you kind of 
think that you you wanted to to to, to pick this game up really what what kind of sold it to you as a mm. game you wanted to try well i think that's actually a pretty good jumping off point because there is a, de- a demo um that you can download uh, on yes. steam yeah and there's also a demo on oh gosh what's the name of that site itchio basically it, <laughs> it might be an itchio demo but um there's also a demo on I'll find the name of the website, but it's basically how I want Google Stadium. To oh, work. Yeah. right. Yeah, now I remember what you're talking about. Yeah, it's called uh, Trail T R A I L um, dot G G. Uh, so stick that in the browser. There's, there's only a few games on there that you can play demos for. This is one of them. But um, yeah, you can literally just there's no downloading. You can just literally just hop into the demo and give it a try. But um, yeah, I, I played the demo last year, hmm. and uh, I think it was part of one of the Steam, you know, extravaganzas when they had like 600 demos mm-hmm. for people to try. But but yeah, as you guys said, it's like a hidden object game, and it's like perfect comfort cup of tea games. But yeah, it is much more dynamic. It has that extra dimension of puzzle solving. Um, you are looking for these objects within the world, but you have to you know, do certain steps, you know, resize these objects in order to um, find these three objects, which is just like three pillars in each yes. world. Um, and it gives you a little clue as to, in the top uh, left-hand corner, as to what what you're probably going to have to be clicking on, what you're probably going to have to be interacting with to try and get those um, different pillars uh, to appear in the world. and. I just think it's a really smartly done, yes, hidden object game, but he's put more layers into it to, yeah. to make it more compelling than just, you know, clicking on a screen, which, you know, not to be disparaging towards the other games that we've played recently, um, because we've really enjoyed them, but this, this just has that extra layer of um, thought and puzzle to it, mm-hmm. which is which yeah. I appreciate. Uh, yeah, it's, it's much less of a zen. I mean, I do like the soundtrack on this as well. There's yeah, less of absolutely. a zen experience and more of a, right, how do I do this? Right? Mm. It's a, because it's more interactive and more dynamic, you're, you're mo- I think you're just less likely to sort of sit back on your laurels during it, which is why I think Ben and I both just kind of one-shotted it. It's, it's mm. 21 <laughs> levels um, where... Yeah, I've been going at it more piecemeal because I'm just... I. I find myself with games like this, it's just like, okay, I can see there's 21 levels. I don't want to run out like in the space of like an hour. I want to have this relaxing experience over time so I can just enjoy it and savor it. Um, so. so, yeah, so um, just to go off of your description, right, the, the main dynamic is you can basically, um, certain objects in the world can also be scaled up or down about three or four different sizes um yeah, three yeah yeah uh and so the puzzles have to do with that each each of the 21 stages is themed like there's a theme a theme park boy that's a great mm. example of dill theme park <laughs> theme isn't confusing um the underwater one yeah yes. yeah there's a yeah there's a water one uh, and um and yeah and so in the top left there'll be three icons and sort of like I think they're hexagons. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and they're like, so in the water one, it'll be like a whale and a ship and something else in the water that you find. I'm not good at this, making things up on the spot today. It's been a day. Um, but yeah, so it's like these three icons and then you can be like, okay, so one of these pillars has to do with figuring out how to jumble the world around the ship, around mm -hmm. the whale. Um, and the, it's, it's like some of the puzzles are really cool because you're, you've got like... I'm. At least one part of the game. I can't remember if a pillar was in there, but it's basically you end up getting a bottle out of like a, you know like a message in a bottle bottle, um, and then you shrink the bottle and it pops the cork out, and then you grab the cork and you make it as big as you can so you can put it in the whale's blowhole, so the whale has to open its mouth to breathe, and it's that type of um, dynamic where it's intricate parts. And the scale of what you reveal is not necessarily immediately the right scale of what you're doing. And mm -hmm. so and, and it's often two or three moves per pillar, I guess, to put it like, mm -hmm. you know, manipulate the world in one way, then take that manipulation, do it again and again. And then you get a pillar and you do that three times per level times yeah. seven levels plus four bonus levels. Um, but yeah, yeah. And having those only specified like number of different sizes means it's like it, it, there's only you you can you know figure it out you can do like well brute force call yeah yeah brute force you know like, and yes in quotations brute force because it doesn't feel like that it feels like you even though you are trying okay which size is going to work it, it it does feel responsive and you know, intuitive and not making you feel like a complete idiot. It makes you feel smart for getting mm. these puzzles right, which is absolutely always a hard balance. But I just think this game nails it. Yeah, completely, completely. Um, it's why we, I didn't want to uh, let go. <laughs> before we, um, well, before I go into uh, a little bit, um, the developer is Sander Ambrose. Yes. Ambrose. Yes. Double O, double O. Okay. Uh, um, by Business Goose Studios. This is an excellent name for a, for a, for a publisher. Um, but uh, to, to build off of that idea of the, the levels and the puzzles, there are definitely some that, that stood out to me more for their kind of complexity around things. And one of those was this, um, not quite a time travel level, but a level where you get to switch between different dioramas. Not, yes. not the, it's not just doing stuff around the same diorama. You switch between a f three different dioramas, and you can take some items out of one to then go into the other, and that's how the puzzle works. You have to manipulate one to get something to then use it somewhere else. And not all of the levels are like that. Some of them have a a, a nice simplicity to them. You know, uh, one was drop a hammer on this thing, it breaks, and there's the the pillar for you. Mm -hmm. um, so there's there's some simplicity to it, but there's also a little bit of uh, a bit more complexity to some of these, and that definitely builds towards the later sort of stages. Um, and I really enjoyed those slightly more complex levels. I had to have those simple levels to understand the notion of what the game wanted me to do to find some of these things. Um, and I, I, I think whilst you and I had all sort of bashed it out in one sitting. It's very different to at least how I played the other couple of games we've, we've talked about, which, as Lucy's played this, was very piecemeal for me. It's like, okay, 
go on, do one sort of level, chill out with the lovely kind of music to it, find those differences in um, Tiny Lands or um, the things in... What's the other one called? Out of sight. Out of, out of sight. sight. Yes. There's a lot to keep yes. track of. Um, yeah, uh, and again, out of sight was slightly different in its um, in the way that it kind of procedurally put the different you know the the items that you had to find in different sort of places, uh, as we kind of discovered through our chat. But I think with this one, it 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 keeps your mind kind of ticking. It isn't just have a look and do these things. It gets you more involved with what you're. Yes actually looking to do which is really good and I, and I think that shorter kind of runtime for it as well because I think this is the one I've bashed out in the shortest amount of time and being able to sit there in one sitting and do it it is perfectly sized for mm -hmm. the type of game it is to yeah. just hit out understand the language be able to kind of get through it feel really satisfied with those more complex yeah. levels um Mm. They've they've got a roadmap. Mm. Yeah, new levels coming so for I, free, which yeah. is nuts. <laughs> and Absolutely, I'm, this will be my uh, regular drug. <laughs> the looks of it. I mean, to be honest, that roadmap was why I was like, I think I'm okay with going through this. But to build off what Ben was mm -hmm. saying, this type of thing is way more the way my brain vibrates. This mm. is like my jam, like that dynamic shifting parts but very like structure like there's a structure here i need to do this this you know uh i there's three layers etc like it just there's like i didn't just i just i wanted to keep going i did at each level is like cool another one i want to do it want to do it cool yeah um while it's not to say the other types aren't it's just like boy did this just get me the right way mm -hmm. um and to build on what ben was saying with some of those later levels boy did they feel like kind of like beta tests of different ways of really stretching it reminded me kind of like some a couple of those levels reminded me of like this the brain stretching of like what the golf where it's like there's a basic premise mm. of golf we're not going to change that yeah. premise but we're going to see how much we can shift around and i feel like yeah. with with the 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 it was like flying cars um the Gorgon and mirrors and, um, and dinosaurs Dinosaur. and a volcano. Mm. That like three diorama thing where you basically use an object at, that has three the three different sizes to shift between the, the levels. And you you can move a thing between those and you have to. That felt like a... We definitely want to play with the same puzzle having to move things between layers and i was like and i just looked at it, i'm like oh in five levels that version's gonna be like really cool or like you know in, in the standard pacing and then one of the other i think it's the last level has like a penguin yes and you yep. you basically they've got a really interesting way of making motion happen by basically having a thing that will move like a golf ball or a penguin on ice on its stomach and you just make a thing behind it bigger such that it pushes it yeah. um yeah. and then but the penguin one in order to do all the things you need to Don't do spoil it too much i want to get I, it I, yeah i'm just i'm just gonna say you need to manipulate things dynamically you can't just do one thing to solve the puzzle so you have to mm. like treat the motion as it happens which I, I was like oh i'm all here for it and so 
That's yeah. what's got me really excited because that's like an entirely different class of puzzles, right? Yes, yeah, because it's physically, yeah. yeah, it's not just. And, and it's also it's also like literally dynamic. It's not just like mm -hmm. that. Then you can't just kind of brute force it in the same way. You have to get the flow and the timing right, which means you have to sort of plan, or at least the brute force is more nuanced because you're going to be like, yeah. I think I need it over here. This does this. Then I do this. Then I do this. Now it's in the right region. Now what do I do? Uh, you know, like, and so I'm really pumped about that. Also, we forgot to mention the turtles. Yes. Oh, yes. Yep. Secret turtles, like secret the secret ducks. Mm. <laughs> yes, and that's why I wanted to mention it, because in secret Out of turtles. Sight, there were random ducks that you would just click on. Um, and then one of the achievements is, did you find all the ducks? Um, and in this game, it's like you have the three pillars and you have the turtle. Up in the top right, did you find the turtle? And mm -hmm. often it's like on the way to the pillars, you'll get the yeah, turtle. Yeah. But a couple levels, it's not. And you're like, I, mm -hmm. I had this moment where it's like, stubborn remember yeah stubborn puzzle yeah. game i was just like oh, can't because the pillars have to be at the right scale to f mm -hmm. to trigger which trigger. means you can yeah. put them in place but small and then look for the turtle and then just like go over to it and then whoop and then you finish the level which is very satisfying when you're like aha i'm ready for yeah. you you're already in place um but yeah there's a couple moments where it's like done all the things except the turtle there are four <laughs> objects of each level, three pillars yes. and a turtle. I will find this turtle. Yeah, and there's only one level. or two that I really struggled with. I think what I really mm. liked about this game was it wasn't easy, but it wasn't mm -hmm. super difficult. It's not like a hidden object ga game where there's like a couple things that are like you don't need to you do them to pass. There's just going to be a real tough thing because we can do the real tough. This was all, everything was sort of of the same parameter of difficulty. You kind of get it. And it wasn't just, it wasn't super easy, but you could get there. It just, yeah. it, the whole game is of the same, it didn't have any weird difficulty ramps or stops, which I really appreciate because I, I, especially when you're in the midst of developing these things, I could see it being quite difficult to keep yourself grounded because you're so used to these mechanics. And again, with Absolutely. these like, um later levels where they start hinting at what they might do in the future uh or how they could stretch the game um all those hints were still within the same difficulty level it's just yeah. like oh stretch your brain a little bit this way and you and then you're doing the thing mm -hmm. well that's that's the hallmarks of finding a good central mechanic and building a good puzzle game that ramps around it like you know as you say using the um confinements of that me mechanic but then trying to expand it and pull it and push it and manipulate it in different ways which still makes sense to the players Absolutely. So, yeah yeah, yeah and it, I, the, the the term sort of uh, as you said Adol, um they feel like beta levels I, it almost seems like they they built kind of a certain amount of these levels using that central mechanic and then just had that spark of the idea and went, what if we can move things by manipulating these objects and then started to play around with that or what if we can shift the whole scene into something and you see that as well there's some levels where you change between seasons and oh, it will yeah. change the landscape as well which is really clever because there's different ways of being able to, to manipulate and look at those levels based upon the changing seasons or, or changing an object which changes the time of day and, and those sorts of things which I thought worked very very well um, yeah. And and I uh, kind of as my final thought, 
Um, just to, to again to jump into what Adol said, very much appreciate that that kind of difficulty level to it, or or or, or lack of. Um, it, it's complex in its simplicity, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like um, one of the one of the things about Tiny Lands was that some of the things that were different between the two scenes were very very small differences so there was one with the, a couple of trains and a big um, kind of an, and a house yeah. I'm looking around the house thinking, is there anything there and actually the one I missed was this window was <laughs> slightly over like really just not very different at all just a little bit and I oh it's just it was it's there the whole time you know the mm-hmm. the gap between the two windows on one is this and then it's this on the other one and didn't appreciate that but <laughs> definitely with um <laughs> well i mean well it depends what sort of person yeah. you are like some people love finding the key in where's wally and i just hate sure. it so yeah. small. I, I mean yeah. i i think that's the key the key to, to these games and where i struggle with my stubbornness is i, I my stubborn completionist I don't. I didn't go back to Tiny Lands because of things like that and levels. And I think I did end up going forward a couple of times, mostly just because I was like, I should see more, just because I can't find this one thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but for especially for those who take it more casual, in the sense of not being stubborn, not casual in the sense of not obsessive, loose, yeah. <laughs> um, but also just being realizing you like some like you're like I loop back to these games. Usually, like in the in the right hidden object games, it's like at some point my brain can't do the pattern match, can't find the mm. thing. I come back a couple hours later the next day, and then I do it again. Um, yeah. Where my stubbornness comes in is it's the same level versus going through a few levels and then coming back with your fresh mind and looking for that one thing you missed. Um, and I just yeah. I struggle with that type of gameplay loop, but I know some people really like that. Right? It's like oh right, especially when the game tracks like so out of sight does restarts the whole level and moves a few things but i think tiny lands is just like you found this once i think i can't remember yeah, but i would yeah, I, yeah I appreciate that for mm. when you when you scale the difficulty when you have things that are like most of the game is here but then there's a couple outlier difficulty spikes that on purpose um and so when you come back the this bit's done you you're coming back explicitly to deal with these things yes. and these are the yes. things we're going to remind you these are the three things that you didn't get last time and you're you're coming back to this level knowing that you are in hunt mode right like yes. i appreciate the pairing of those designs yeah i mean this is it's different design sensibilities yes, this absolutely. is like those are visual puzzle games where you know if your eyes ain't working then, you know <laughs> If they start getting a bit blurry looking at the screen all day, then you know um, you're up shit's creek. But this is—I'd I'd describe this as a puzzle game first and foremost. And yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. The hidden objects part of it is just an asset of it, where it's like, okay, you are searching for things, but it's the puzzles and the mechanics are what um, guide you through it. Um, but yeah, I. My final thoughts is I just I just really love the sound design of it, like just how you know when you're scrolling, you know, resizing the the objects, it has this nice pop. It's, it's like the, mm. it's yeah, very nice. That's and very like, good. Yeah, thank you. And everything it, it looks really nice as well. Like, I really like the it um, does, yeah 
the assets that they've used for it. It's just, just a very calm. It's, it's got the same like diorama look to it, so it's it's got that kind of cutesy tweeness to it as well. So yeah, um, I, I'm really enjoying it, and it it's sort of like how I played Hidden Folks, where it's like I I just love this game so much, I just want to savor it. I want to yeah savor it, but um, knowing that there's a roadmap, I mean yeah, that's, I'm gonna look that up right now. Yeah, because I, I don't, you know, it's hard for me to go back to DLCs in terms of, like, I mean, Ben, you've spoken about it before, like, how it's so hard to go back to some DLCs for, like, you know, action games, where it's like, yes. I've forgotten all these buttons, yep. but, you know, with something like this, it's like... You can you figure the button the back out mechanic. real quick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it comes with the sort of the simplicity of the language, doesn't it, of this, mm-hmm. of this game. Action games are very hard... Unless you've gone through kind of tutorials to pass, if you're just thrown straight into the middle of it and said, "Well, here you go, crack on," which yeah. oftentimes you are doing those DLC things as additions to the story. So you've already played, I don't know, forty, thirty hours or something, and then you come back to it to play an additional five or six at the end of that story. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've gone away for six months and you've played however many other games that you've played, it's very, very difficult to come back. This, so simple in its, in its language, that yeah. you, you know you can come back to it, even if it's next week that they drop a couple of levels, or in three months' time when they drop uh, a little bit. It's much more simple to understand and know how to just get back into the, 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 the swing of the language of... Um, of what they're asking you to do, uh, I'd like a bit more. I, I, I suppose of those complex levels with mm-hmm. that that roadmap. So mm, they're complicating it slightly in understanding the switching between things. But I think it's that again is simple enough that your brain will just go, "Yep, I understand what they're they're looking to do" because they signpost it very very well. Yeah. Uh, when you need to switch between different dioramas or change sort of the seasons and those sorts of things um, it's very simple to understand how to do that uh, mm-hmm. and they don't change the controls it is done in exactly the same way as everything else yeah, yeah. so yeah yeah uh, I don't think this will be the last time we we talk about sizable but yeah just I really like the playfulness to it like every every time I found a new you know pillar it was just like a revelation not maybe not as you know dramatic but just like I really like it's, it gets that aha moment and it's yep. like, mm. just very I, I think it's very playful and toyetic and like how it looks and mm-hmm. it's just like it's like one of those things as a child where you put like the different shapes into the different holes and it's just like trying to work that out it's just, yes yeah it's uh, very tactile and yeah yeah it's good. It's good. I, I was gonna say I think you you hit the nail on the head um, no spoilers. Level X. Um, uh, but <laughs> you, you, you hit the nail on the head with playful because it's literally like it, it's full of play. Each level has mm. a lot of neat things to do, and when you're like, ah, I don't know what to do, you're just like, well, sometimes there's a turtle hiding behind a tree, so I'm just gonna shrink all the trees. No, nope, that <laughs> yeah. didn't do anything. Okay, and I want to make them all big, and maybe shade matters, and like, like. They're, they they done a really good job of making the like plants and stones and stuff sometimes matter 
Mm-hmm. Um, but not mm. usually not, but also having them consistently like changeable. Um, for example, almost every level has a stone or two or three that will hit the three sizes and you can pick up. So that's the one thing we sort of glossed over, which is some things you can pick up yes. and move, but, and some things you can just shift the sizes of. And of course, most, and then the rest just stays the same. And so part of your initial like examination of a, of a world will be like, okay, what can I move and what can I shrink and what can't I shrink or move? Right. Um, but like, by having those things sometimes matter, I think that's kind of what, like, bridges... Again, it's really good to design it. Bridges a gap between, like, for example, on Out of Sight or Tiny Lines, you're just staring and spinning things. You're like, I'm just... All I'm doing is camera work. And I know all I'm doing is camera yes. work. Here, yep. because it's dynamic, I'm like, I don't know, quick, grab all the stones, throw them in the corner. I did that in one level. I'm like, God, I, I just... And, but by doing that, I was just letting my brain do the same thing that spinning the camera was, but I didn't feel like I was spinning my own wheels to mix mm-hmm. a metaphor. Um, mixed metaphors coming in update 2.3. No, I'm just joking. Um, but yeah, so I just, yeah, anyway, I, I, I can obviously overanalyze things to the nth degree. Um, no, but, but I just wanted to add the, like the full of play thing yeah. is, is the yeah. thing I wanted to key in on, which yeah. is they've really done a good job of making it so you are constantly able to play even when you're stuck. Yeah, mm. it's like someone just started moving things around in Unity. It's like, oh, how does this work? Mm. What can I? What could I do with this? And they just built it uh, on that. So, yeah. So I th- when you lot are saying beta, you're not meaning it in like oh, the game's unfinished or anything. Just oh no, 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 no. There's no. so many more possibilities. Cause, yes. Yeah. And it, and it, yeah, and it feels like they've gone. Oh, let's just have a go at doing this and seeing how that kind of comes out. And there's probably been a lot of testing going into each of those things to then include it into those levels yes absolutely but it it feels like that is maybe uh, a level which is going to show you what is to come perhaps and I mean, where they, they can take this formula they they in their roadmap they also say the community sort of is going to decide one of the steps so then right. um and so like i know like and i've poked a bit it's like they're very interactive with our community so again i think that that's why like the notion of the beta level kind of makes sense because if the feedback loop is from between is i really like that like that penguiny thing or i really like the diorama shifty thing then they're then they can develop and design new levels along either of those pathways Mm -hmm. depending on sort of what what us the audience wants and of course i want something where you can loop the dynamic stuff through the shifting of the diorama levels. <laughs> no, you I don't. That, yeah, yeah the, what, that, that's just asking for a different type of game, I think. Or you like portal free. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly I mean, what it's asking for. We, yeah, we all do. So that's fair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> brilliant. Um, just to just to finish it out, we shouted out the composer of um, uh, of Outside, uh, the music, which is all kind of piano composition stuff. Uh, is written by and composed by Jamal Green. Oh, so we, we nice. shouted out, I think it was Purple Cat who did the music for uh, Out of Sight. So we'll try and be a bit consistent with uh, all of the people who are contributing to these slightly smaller titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, because often we get into the conversation of one person did this and it, and it, it isn't. There's, there's, you mean there's Kojima didn't bits. make all of Death Stranding? I mean, he might have. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. <laughs> I don't think he sleeps. I don't think he needs to sleep. He just. I think it's just. I think it's just like that. 
a fever dream and they put like this cerebro helmet on him and then you're actually just streaming his thoughts that might be exactly what it is yeah mm -hmm. yeah no one made anything and he and, and he doesn't need to eat he just feeds off of twitter so it's it's fine it, it, we we can we I'm can pretend <laughs> Uh, if you'll allow me, um, I, I'd just like to mention that I've returned to um, Fall Guys. Oh! Okay, what's he doing? That I'm going to go get my other beer out the fridge. So, <laughs> I don't want to hear this. I I <laughs> this I thought for sure that that Lucy was going to bail if we talked <laughs> FF14, but no, fuck it. Just just any yeah. just. Fall Guys, good enough. Oh, I was ready to go with Final Fantasy, so but, but Fall Guys, yeah, I'll be back. Yeah, but, but also, fine. we've only I mean, shifted. We've only shifted a letter, so we were we were FF. We're now just FG, so it, it's fine. If we I find mean, an FH next time. You can go. It's you know. Um, but also, I mean, all the power to Lucy having another beer. Uh, ben, yes, while, while Lucy has it, grabs it's a another, and I don't want it cold. Oh so. yeah, that's fair. While, while Lucy grabs said beer. Mm. Um, I still haven't played Fall Guys. I keep forgetting that I've got a friend who, it's like one of the few games she plays regularly, and mm. and she's like, like, and I see on Discord it's like playing Fall Guys. Like it, it alternates between Scrivener, which is like a writing app. So it's like, oh yeah, they are working. It's like Discord's like, yep, working. And then never, and then it's like it's five or four thirty. Fall Guys. I'm like, hmm, not working. But also, <laughs> and I still have yet to, I've yet to fall once. Yeah, it's fun. It, it, it remains fun. Um, they've just come out with season four, which is this slightly more futuristic themed um, sort of, well, I don't know what the date is, 2120 or something like that. that you know, they've, they've jumped it into the future for these four guys and, and, and changed up the maps to try and make them kind of a little bit different um which which i appreciate there's a there's a, a map where um it's kind of like a race and you have to do two laps of this circuit and there's various obstacles in the way various things to navigate through and it just changes up the formula that it's not here is just run from point a to point b and that is it you are done it's kind of Run from point A to point B, navigate that. Mm. Then run to point C and navigate that. Run, run to point D and navigate that. Run to point E and navigate that. And then do it all again. Um, so uh, it, it kind of has changed things up. I really love the aesthetic they've gone for. It's all kind of very kind of neon and futuristic with crazy textures. And, and you, you can kind of see Disney will never allow them to do it. But I absolutely want like a Tron skin for my little bean. Oh, um, that would like uh, a would glowing dynamic killer. lighting. Yes, yes, completely. Definitely want a little Tron skin. I'm still bowling about as a fairy unicorn with varying different patterns and colors and, and things based upon my daughter's whims about what color she would like the, the jelly bean to be. Um, but I think they've, um, there's there's been a little bit more time between sort of like the seasons. So season four has come out, I think four months after season three. There was a little bit uh, a swifter churn between the seasons um, from whenever it came out in August, I think, 
uh, and up until Christmas they were already in season sort of three. So we've come up to um, to season four now. Uh, I, I will go back to it tomorrow. I might go back to it after we've 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 chatted. It's definitely fallen back into being um, my kind of. I'll just go and spend ten minutes playing this because it's yeah. just so easy to do that. Mm. Um, I, I, again, talking about kind of game language. That is a that is a game which tells you its language very very well and you even with having like this medieval set that they brought out for season two the 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 kind of the winter set for season three and then this futuristic set for season four they do not deviate too far from the kind of general conceit of the game and adol you would be able to go in there and pick it up very easily anyone would jump in now and be able to play it without having that's it. We'll just listen to you play for the entire rest of it. Um, you, 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 I, mean, I think it's the first time I've turned on my PS4 in months, and it's just for some <laughs> stupid joke on webcam. Then most listeners was worth it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sorry. You, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, turned mine on in maybe a year because I don't have it anymore. <laughs> God, we trust. I think. R.I.P. I mean. It's going to be free somewhere else, surely, at some point. Um, well, Fall Guys. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, yeah, if, you, if, if you missed on, it on they PS Plus, they have been bought by Epic. They have been bought by Epic, yes. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was then a free game at some point through Epic Store. Give it give it a year. Mm. Because they'll want those Xbox and Switch sales. And then... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But it's you no, know because it's because it's epic and it's on PC. I could see them in the next couple of months, maybe three months or something, just before the start of the summer, making it free on Epic because all they're doing it's been out on Steam for for nearly a year. You know, mm. came out right, came out on Steam the same time as it did on PlayStation. I think um, it would it was just the PS Plus game for yeah. August. I mean, that's um, what made it. I think mm. between. Mm. So I think a large part of it was like, um, you know, Twitch engagement, et cetera. That got the hardcore people with yes. the Steam yeah. side. But ultimately, the wave of everyone playing Fall Guys was PS, yeah. not PC. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. but didn't... That's personal song. Now that you're saying, it's, now you're saying it's on PC, it must have... Oh, it's been on PC you know, since day probably one. Been, yeah, I'm just thinking it must have been popular on there, like, mm-hmm. you know... There's more data on that, you know, breaking. Yeah, so Ste- Steam Steam does tell you how many concurrent <laughs> people and like what the sales yeah. are, etc. It was very popular for a Steam game, but that like pales in comparison to the um, the numbers of people who got it on PS Plus and then were playing it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know. There's just way more. Um, I. Because with Rocket League, it was more of yes, there are lots of people playing on PlayStation, but because it had that, you know, that that buzz on PlayStation, a lot of PC gamers then bought it on PC to play on yeah. PC. So, um, yeah, I mean, good for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm just trying to find. Um, can you see on Steam what people are playing? The concurrent users. 
Um, uh, on, me, the, on, on the app itself, on it wasn't in the. It's not in the store page for. Uh, no, for I don't think it can. Tell you but any of um, those sorts of things. Oh, it's on my wish list because I have friends who play it on PC. But crossplay exists, right? Yes. Yeah. So then there's literally no reason why I should wish for this game except I don't want to turn on the other thing. I can't remember where the info is. I don't know. I don't know. I was just going to have a quick look because season season four came out. The last couple of days. Wait. Updated 23rd of March. It is not in the top one, two, three, four. Five, oh no, it won't be. It's too nine, old. Ten? No. Well, Rocket League is. Yeah, but Rocket League special. But but Rust season eight, four came out today nine. or yesterday. Oh, it's, that it's is very, true. Very, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's, there's been a new, uh, a big new I'll sort of. all the top 100. Let me search four. I mean, so yeah, four I thought... guys is about. Halfway down the list, it's like number forty. Or also, hilariously, or it has the MMO category uh, under Steam. Which is this an MMO? Nah, nah. nah. They, 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 they it can't be. No, <laughs> it's a multiplayer game, uh, and it is today online. Was twenty-one thousand three hundred one players. Um, I mean, that's pretty good. Which pales in comparison to Counter-Strike Global Offensive, which was one million. <laughs> oh, but that's that's <laughs> counter I, I know, I know, but it's just... It's just oh, but I mean, also, that tells you so like much about PC gamer. Like, I'm sorry, but no console gamer, like, no other platform will have someone playing an 80-year-old game, like, I mean, 80-year-old in gamer terms, Counter-Strike Global yeah. Offensive. Like, yeah. it's kind of mind-blowing how... So many people who have PCs who play games, obviously not top of the line PCs necessarily because you don't need them, but just play this core set of games. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, over it, and over. I'm not surprised that that's the top. It's just surprising how the the difference between the top three is. Like number three is Valheim. Which, oh, which yeah, is peak new to, and peak today. Yeah, yeah, peak today was two hundred thousand. Dota. Is <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, no, no. I really want you to say Dota two players. OG Dota has two <laughs> players, is how I heard it, and I was like, ah, oh, that fuck you, shade well, on Dota. No one plays that game. Go to hell. <laughs> the guy at Burning Soul, who, who, oh no, what he have I done? Plays Dota. He plays Dota, Dota so one or two. <laughs> Is he is he Dota player one or is he Dota player two? <laughs> he might have multiple accounts, so he may be playing on his own. Right, I think um, I think it's time for another beer, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, just yeah, just so, so, before. Sorry, I just, Go on. just just to finish that, Valheim's two hundred thousand. Dota two is five hundred sixty-two thousand. These are peaks today, mm-hmm. and Counter Strike is double what Dota is. Yeah, that's that's all I'm saying. It's just you know, nuts. Yeah. The, the the disparity between the top three. I mean, so. yeah. Steam Kids, mate. Um, t- to finish out a little bit on Fall Guys, I will just Who's read... Who's playing Far Cry 5? <laughs> no. Wait, wait, which one's Far Cry 5? Is that the one that's not one political or the other one that's no, not No, the political, political one. Mm. The American-based political one. No, 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 Is that one's not political, Ben. The one, in, the one in America with freedom fighters and stuff, that's not political. That not, no, that one isn't. It's no. very it's religious. In Nepal. Oh, that, that one... Is isn't it's got yetis. Yetis are political. I mean, they probably are. Um, 
for for the the full guys uh, finale, um, uh, whilst I was scrolling through their Steam page, I went down to the reviews. It's currently got three hundred and eight thousand reviews. Um, yeah. One of those reviews posted on the second of March. Beware, this game will go the same way Rocket League has. It was just bought by Epic. It will be removed from Steam, forced on Epic Scams launcher, and will become a shell of what it used to be. Beware, as this will not be the same game people love. Epic is a scourge upon the gaming world. Please do not support them. Just fuck off. Come on. Sorry. I, mean, I, mean, I, I muted myself right. and then yelled, and I think my, my housemates are probably I mean, concerned. I mean, <laughs> 50% of that is right. It was bought by Epic, and it may not be the game people appreciate in several years' time. So, Yeah, yeah, can't, true. Can't speak to the rest, but yeah, there's some truth in that. I mean, just, uh, it looks like <laughs> some the, the only person that's um, done anything is given it an award for being a jester, an important part of the royal court. I don't know what you can do with your Steam points these days, but someone's basically saying this guy's a clown, which I agree with. It's, it's um, crazy how that's still a thing. Like people are still mad at that store. Like, yes, I mean, it, it, I, as of as of twenty one days ago, someone definitely was. Because it's on Steam as well, so so a lot of the the, the misplaced and misjudged hate was just usually because it was you know they were tying up exclusives, mm-hmm. but. This is not even. <laughs> so it's because people don't understand how businesses and uh, work and how exclusivity windows mm-hmm. are a thing based on popularity. So the worst thing Epic could do, given that it's like now, you know, by the, by the time the if they end up buying it and by the time they like everything goes through, it'll be a year since the release. The worst thing I could do was take it away from people. Also, they can't take it away from people they've already sold it to. Yep. So, that's dumb and not what they're going to do. And I, I, I feel like this is a failure of, like, uh, civics lessons um, in, in the Western world because all you need to do, like, somehow people have not been taught what profit-seeking behavior should look like. Because profit-seeking behavior isn't taking it away once it's out. <laughs> it's not giving it, not putting it out so you have a false monopoly, like a, a false like choke point. Mm-hmm. Exclusive. We don't have that anymore, so you're not taking it away. Fall Guys isn't going to disappear from Steam and then, what, like, no... I think this guy is going to be like the person who's like, look, told you, Skynet, Skynet. I think, he, I think he's trying to just get there first before Epic rule the world. That's it. Thought, you know, all right then. Yep. But, um, yeah. It's, 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 My biggest yeah. disappointment but, with okay. Epic Games is that they're just another capitalist company and there's nothing epic about that. Like, they, really, they really should be trying to do evil in the way that Google claims they aren't. Because then that'd be epic. They need to have a plot line, right? Not, not just yet, yet another fucking overpaid store. Like, they're just the valve of the 2020s or 2010s, right? Like, we hit it big with a thing. Half-Life, Fortnite. And then we had so much money, we made a store, and we're gonna try and make sure that it's the store. It's the same story. I, I, yeah, I think story. I think and a lot of it is tied up in like I don't like Fortnite, so I hate Epic. And yes, because Fortnite's the I, biggest I thing would agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and also I, like I want all the functionalities of a like twenty-year-old store on a brand new store. 
your store doesn't that's have functionality like X. Well, but I mean, when it's like that's why that's why I didn't because they just jumped into the market. It's like here we're going to take these games, not take these games as you say, but type in these exclusivity deals and just throw a lot of money at it, which is what companies do now. <laughs> but uh-huh. it's just like maybe you should have a compelling product. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, mean, I think there it. is something to be said about whether... So I think they tried to put out a store, and then it turns out people expected a community place, etc. No, I just wanted to, like, uh, you know, just have a shopping basket or something. <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> this, I take it back. I forgot, I forgot how things, bad yeah. the OG store was. <laughs> I take bad. it all back. You're entirely right. It wasn't even a store. Like, ASOS... Who sells you shoes and trendy shirts had a better fucking <laughs> purchasing environment. Also, they've yeah. been around for ages, but I just mean like it's not it, it. The purchasing platform isn't rocket science at this point, and the fact that they didn't was a big mark against them. Yeah, I want to say yeah, that yeah. clearly because I kind of insinuated that wasn't the case, and I want to takesy backsies. No, it was just a case of you know, let's just throw money at this before actually making a compelling product first and just like oh, oh dear everyone's Ooh. everyone's dying Ooh. i mean i'm not dying it's just ben clearly has <laughs> was just like i asked for another beer i poured a beer i'm now having the beer and what are you drinking ben um, i'm very intrigued by oh that, wow um that very strong stout by the looks of it. i am drinking king of the woodland which is a left-handed giant, and I oh, never know how to. Oh, you fucking got it! I never know how to say this brewery. Is that a new U- one? Ulchi, Ult. Yeah. Yeah. I like how Lucy, like her, like yeah, and then said an entirely different thing. I think it's this. Yeah, it's not this. Left-handed giant and. The owl people. The owl people, absolutely the owl people, yes. Uh, King of the Woodland, which is uh, an imperial stout with pistachio and honeycomb at 12.5%. Ad- I know I've had that beer before, but so it's rebrewed. You yeah. had as well. It, it, oh, re- it, okay. Yeah, it came out last year. I mean, it's come out. I think every year for the last maybe three years, perhaps. Oh, I was um, I was late to the party then because I only just had it last year. So I had it last year as well. Um, the additions of pistachio, honeycomb, and lactose. Uh, that is all. Left handed giant, tell us. Uh, I think the can has remained the same. I don't think they've changed the art at all, or at least that's no. what I very much yes. saw and went, I know exactly what that beer is. I'm going yeah. to get it. Uh, but big nose. Big, big, big marzipan nose. Massive. Uh, and in the flavour, just, I mean, just it's so, so big of a flavour. Yeah, it, it oh, was gee. quite something. Um, very. From what I remember, it was maybe a bit too much, a bit too treacly, a bit too, a bit too much like motor oil. <laughs> I mean, it is, but, um, it is quite oily. Yeah. It's it's quite syrupy, definitely, and the flavour is massive. Like that that kind of pistachio, uh, marzipan flavour is massive, and I think the honeycomb is really overshadowed, actually. In this, it's very, very subtle, and it may just be doing something slightly sweet, giving a little bit of that burnt 
um, kind of roasted note or a, or a burnt sweetness to that roasted note uh, um, which kind of comes on the back of that big big marzipan flavor um, but it's big it, it's pistachio it's a little bit sort of cherry um, it's what you kind of expect from a from from marzipan really um, a little bit not 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 nutty I think it's a bit too sweet uh, for that so again the honeycomb may be doing a little bit to it but those that that sweetness just lasts and lasts and lasts and lasts and lasts and whilst this is quite dry not super dry uh only a little dry not gonna um, sell you uh raincoats on the I've high street got, exactly i've not got a new coat or anything um because it's so dry i don't need one um, but not super dry to need one. no um but the, 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 the sweetness it does stick around i know i've gone out of sequence here and told you what my beard Tastes like before we even delved into it, but it was such Let a big. Such I'm gonna kick and ban you from the Discord server now. Ah, <laughs> doesn't matter. We're on a private call. It, it, yeah, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's lovely, but it's very very big. Um, I'll see how I feel. I'd definitely be drinking this one much slower than I will the uh, Wool mm. Double IPA. Yeah. Uh, but we will we will get through it and come back to it, Lucy. I know, again, going out of sequence, but we kind of, the beer was a little bit too cold. The first beer you cracked was a little bit too cold. Um, did you have any yeah, additional kind of thoughts to it? Yeah, uh, not really, to be honest. Okay. It's it's just, a, as I said, really well-balanced beer. There's not many, there's not much more flavour coming out of it than than I first suspected, so... Yeah, just, just a really good beer. Nice. Really nice. easy. As I say, it's understated. Mm. Because it just does it what it needs to do very competently, so you know, nice, good. good. But uh, yeah, I'll I'll crack open that beer after a deal's gone. Mm-hmm. I, I I was gonna have a like Mexi cake beer, but poor planning. Uh, that wasn't in the fridge, so maybe I'll have that <laughs> next week. But I've got something just as last in fact one. even more ridiculous. So mm-hmm. that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Adam, we will come to you for what I can see was a little little peak of verdant perhaps yes but it's also verdant and pohala oh it is the verdant pohala uh collaboration which is called shipping forecast it's a baltic porter at 10.2 percent nice Falmouth, southeast veering, southwest four or five, occasionally six later, rising or falling, slowly, good. That's the the flavor text. Um, It has water barley yeast. Good start. It's a beer. Oh, it says it's a Baltic Porter, it's 10.2%. Yeah, I mean. I wish my camera could convey... Maybe it can, actually. Sorry, I've got glare here, but it is a gorgeous can. It's darker in person, because obviously I've got all the the lights, and... Actually, about this blue. I don't know what's Hmm. going on with my blue balance, because... Anyway, but, like, it's just a very understated sort of color scheme, but very, very pretty can. Yeah. Um, Mm. And, honestly, I saw that, I'm like, oh, what's that? And it has this, like... 
classy font. I was just like, gotta get it. Oh, wait, is Verdant and Valhalla? I won't go wrong with this. It's a 10.2% porter. How I think porter should be. Um, Perfect. Pour that, but ooh, looks nice and nice and thick. Lucy. To uh, that... round out the trifecta of strong stairs. Is it an atom? I see an it atom. Is oh. indeed. Yeah. Whoa. Um, just a really another striking can. Um, just it's it's called Oblivion, and it's an Imperial Desert Stout. Oh, what now? My... <laughs> Imperial. Desert? Desert. Okay, that makes... I was like, my, my, is that my, like a Desert Eagle gonna, type <laughs> reference? What is going on? It's just, it's it's my, the driest beer you'll ever have. Yeah, that was... Yeah, that was, was <laughs> Desert set, so. Makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I love it, um, though. Yeah, it's it's all all black can, but it's got like these, these silver just, um, mm. just, just lines, thin lines on it, and it's got in the center just this black circle like looks like a black hole but yeah it's called oblivion um side note uh i was just looking at uh the equilibrium beers because um, mm-hmm. left left field uh beer cell some other ones and they've all got names like you know it's very mathy kind of, kind of names like fractal and you know, all these algebraic terms and stuff. Sounds like great to me. <laughs> yes, but, uh, yes, Atom, it's a 13% Imperial dessert. Oh, um, Lucy's, Lucy's topping it all off at 13%. Ah, oh, just outdoing me. <laughs> but, yeah, 440 mil can, um, which is surprising. Probably could have done with 330. Um, but, it is yeah, thirteen percent. Let's have a look. Flavor text. It says, Kranaken inspired raspberry imperial stout, conditioned on vanilla and single malt oak chips. A complex, sweet, smooth, and decadent finish. So that'll be lovely. Interesting. Nice. Get it. Get it. Send me to sleep immediately. Um, mm. We will we'll skip over me. I've already given some thoughts on King of the Woodland. Adol, we'll come back to you. It's dark. Mm-hmm. It Ooh. looks it. Oh, it's got a sweet, nice brown head to it though. Yeah, I mean, very tiny head and almost mm-hmm. no lacing. You can I, the, like it, it's got good lacing, but like no head. So, um, it's oh, sorry, just the nose. It's 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 got like rich maltiness and a bit of sweetness, like it. A bit of, uh, it, it, I don't think it's caramel, but it's got a bit of like caramelliness mm. just on the nose, just because of the sweetness. I assume it's partly because of that ten point two percent with it being malt forward. Ooh. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, hmm, gonna repeat myself <laughs> a bit. Um, with uh. You can't quite tell it's ten um, percent. I said the similar thing with the seven percent, except it, it's got just a little. It's just a little more viscous um, and sweet. Mm-hmm. But other than that, there's no like. It's not sickly sweet. It's just like 
Yeah, some of that sweetness is probably alcohol because I know it's 10%. And it's a little thick, which is how I like my porters. Again, it's that 10%. Um, oh. Sorry, I'm just trying to acclimatize. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Clean your palate slightly. Um. It's. It's got like a. Like a sharpness almost. Like it. It's quite clean and clear in its like. Mm -hmm. I'm a porter. I'm doing portery things. And then on the back foot. Yes, I know I'm giving tasting notes that refer. <laughs> recursive tasting notes are fine. We're, Lucy said something about maths, so. <laughs> <laughs> All the justification you need. <laughs> the uh, folding in onto themselves like a black hole. So, <laughs> it's smooth. It's got a little bit of, like, hard cocoa, I would say. Like, 80-90%, like that, that very cocoa mm. taste. And then it's like, the maltiness is very much, again, kind of strict. Think... Think porter notes with none of the softening, I guess. It's not harsh, it's just these are the notes and they're happening and they're very good. Um, I know what you mean when you say, like, you know, just a clean, crisp porter. Yeah. Like, not watery, because that's just the wrong word. So, yeah, I'd use, I'd probably use, like, clean. Yeah, so, yeah, mm -hmm. a, 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 a clean porter. And what I think is interesting is it's not like. It doesn't have this like lingering biscuitiness or something else, mm -hmm. where which like we often see, which is like a more rounded type beer. This is like I'm a porter, I'm doing these things. I'm mm. not. I'm not letting. There isn't an extra taste that's doing something else, but it's mm -hmm. also very crisp. Um, again, can't tell the ten percent at all, except like with that viscosity and a bit of that sweetness. But that sweetness is like. Just kind of making making that like 80, 90% cocoa feel a little milky at a certain point in the taste curve. Like that's the only like, there's a bit of a sweet spot, like literally, and then it disappears. Um, and it leaves you texture-wise, mouthfeel-wise, still kind of wet, but the lingering bitterness is um, slightly, I want to say weak coffee. Okay. Yeah, it yeah. is not like one of the. It's not a bold coffee. It's not like a dark roast that's all taste forward, and I'm doing, you know, dark fruits and chocolate, etc. It's not a chocolatey coffee taste. The chocolate has left, and the coffee has come in, and it's like, oh yes, coffee. Mm. Like if you had a bit of a watered down coffee, and the aftertaste was lingering, obviously because it's still coffee, but you didn't have this like my palate is consumed with coffee notes. That's kind of what the finish is like. It's this really laid-back coffee, which I don't remember last time a beer could like gave me this, which is really interesting because, again, it's this very velvety, chocolatey, um, like or sorry, cocoa, not chocolatey. I think um, yes, dark yeah, yeah. chocolatey, like very interesting, strong start, and then it ends with this weak coffee, and it worked. It's not. 
like weak in the literal sense, right? Like it's not. I'm not saying ah, mm-hmm. oh, it's kind of a weak taste. I'm saying like it's just this like the taste is coffee is, is of a weak coffee, and the the taste curve or what do you want to call it throughout is just very consistent. You don't notice the switch between more coffee, more chocolatey to more coffee. This mm-hmm. is just a very drinkable beer, nice. but mostly I want to say is it tastes as I said before like a like a porter. Like mm, a porter, yeah. and uh, I guess what I like about the so it's this Baltic porter called shipping forecast, and I feel like there's a bracingness of sea air that the initial yeah. hit of I'm portering, I'm right now that this this gives me, and I that's why I really respect like I really like the name because it's it's not salty, it's not like it doesn't give me this like notion of the sea in like the. the direct tasting notes but it's the bracingness it's the we're doing this and we're doing it really well and we're kind of just doing this that yeah it's like like yeah like good water quality like Mm. (laughs) yeah yeah that's what i think about when i drink port is like there's something very sophisticated about like the water quality and how it just gets that cleanness coming through I, i i can't think of many better things than sitting in a bar on the beach, very relaxed and just supping a porter. <laughs> that is what I want right fucking now. Can't have I, it. I don't want. But that's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy, you live by yeah. the sea. I've uh, only got the canal. <laughs> you lot are right. Sit on the canal. That's <laughs> fine. You still get the the waft of sewage and stuff um how is the how's the atom (laughs) the very video game related oblivion yes the oblivion oh yes it's the follow-up to their morrowind (laughs) (laughs) their next beer is just going to be called ah you've woken i actually don't know now i'm second guessing myself oh uh, Elder Scrolls. You tell us about the beer, and I'll tell you if my joke was wrong. <laughs> Oblivion did come after Morrowind, and then yeah. It's Skyrim. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, good. Thanks, nerd. I've only <laughs> I've only played Skyrim, so I've only played I, Oblivion. I'm a fake so gamer. <laughs> I've played only played Skyrim. the thing that's coming next. Oh yeah, because you didn't have a free sixty and it. I've watched people play Skyrim and then gone, nah. I get I get I, this from MMOs. It's fine. Yeah, I've I own multiple <laughs> copies of of Skyrim on multiple platforms from various things, mm-hmm. um, and I've played maybe three hours total, and it's the same hour three times. <laughs> if someone uh, said, "Who's the person on the podcast who's played the most Skyrim?" The <laughs> and the answer is I Lucy. I think the answer would be. Like, uh, be like, I'm gonna add that to to, to our, uh, our trivia list. <laughs> yeah. In terms of the beer, yeah. When I first poured it, definitely getting like you know, smell like a digestive biscuit. Then that mm. very biscuity malty smell on it. But now that it's sat, maybe the head disappeared a bit. Definitely getting that raspberry, which is. Pretty mm. much the only thing I can smell right now. Okay. Uh, I, I would have expected to get a bit, bit of coffee, but um, so, so it'll be interesting to see how 
fruit forward this is, and if, if that is the overwhelming taste. Mm. Yeah, just like the smell, very understated. Mm -hmm. Like smelling this, you don't get a lot of booziness on the smell. Same with the taste. This is, it's bizarre. <laughs> it's bizarre how how much this doesn't taste like a thirteen percent beer. Yeah, ah, this atom, tastes atom almost are very good at that. Yeah, this tastes almost like a sour. That. Ooh. <laughs> you know, in fact, it tastes like a sour. Sorry. If someone if someone blind put a blindfold on me, I'd be like, that sour's got a bit of chocolatiness to it at the end. I just realised where you are it... in relation to me on the on the, on the stream. <laughs> I'm going to look up at you. I'm so shocked at this. I don't think you're wrong. It just it is is not what I was expecting sort of you to say. It honestly tastes like um, it tastes like a sour. Wow! It tastes it tastes like the juicy Lucy that I had a couple weeks ago, where that was a like a blueberry. Th that was like a that was, yeah that was like a raspberry blueberry um, sour. Mm. This tastes like that. If you blindfolded me and said, "What style is this?" You wouldn't say what you like, had. I I would I would maybe go as far as to say it's like a milkshake IPA that's got like a meepa milkshake IPA. <laughs> yeah. It, it, but this is bizarre. I th I, th I think it's I think the alcohol will hit me later because like I'm feeling it's you know warming in my mm -hmm. stomach now. So you can tell the alcohol's there, but right off the taste, you, it weird. Yeah, it doesn't taste like a thirteen percent stout. I mean, maybe you could say like, yeah, it's this tastes more like. Other than the warming alcohol feeling afterwards, mm -hmm. this tastes more. It's so light, like it's not. It, it's not thick at all. There's there's not much viscosity to it. It's, I think, the fact that it's quite still and there's not a lot of hoppiness and it doesn't have that quite tart. Crisp Christmas of like a you know typical sour. Mm -hmm. I think I think that's where the delineation lies. But yeah, it, 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 as I say, it's like it's it, it's mostly raspberry. Mm. <laughs> you you definitely so get more of that flavour, and then you're getting this underlying chocolate afterwards. Is it, which is it like, like it well. lightly like milk? chocolatey cover coated like very milk thin chocolate. layer of milk chocolate coated raspberry like yeah, not a thick just layer just like a quick dump dunk have the bite like in the fondue ice cream oh it's like it's, it's like if you had a, like a neapolitan mm. ice cream beer where you're getting a lot of the raspberry a little bit of that chocolate a little bit of that vanilla mm. but the raspberry is definitely the overwhelming um Flavor in that, as I say, like it's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fair. As I say, if someone blindfolded you and said, "Drink this," I would always say yes. Think that it's a thirteen percent. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what, what, what was what was the thought experiment? <laughs> <laughs> 
And that's where you get into <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't mean to cut you off, I just need... <laughs> no, 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 I just think that's just a great place to end. <laughs> Perfect, perfect. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll come back to it. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy. I'm so curious. I, 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 based on the dissonance of, like, what you described, I am going to have to track this down. Mm. Yeah. Because um, I don't know if it's... I don't think my taste buds are all off after drinking the, uh, you know, burning soul. That doesn't usually have much bearing, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's, as I say, uh, other than that warming sensation afterwards, you would not think this is A, 13%, or B, an imperial dessert stout. Like, just no? Wait, okay, hold on. Can I just ask one more question? On. Um, do you think desert stout makes more sense or less sense now that you've tasted this bizarre beer? No, because it's not drying, okay. and that's that's yeah, partly yeah. due to the raspberry as well. Like it's it's very easy, and it's you could knock this back mm. and not think anything about it, not think that you're going to be flat on your ass later because you're drinking a thirteen percent uh, dessert stout. It's I mean, Ben, you've got more um, reference with Atom than me. Mm-hmm. This might be one of the f- might be the first Atom beer that I've had. So oh, I don't think okay. I've had an Atom beer. If you beer. say that, it, if you say that they disguise their their strength well, yes. then this is probably the epitome of that. Because I, I, I think all of the, the Atom beers, all of the Atom beers I've had, are, are double double figures. Uh, oh, they then, just make strong beers. Yeah, and they don't taste never, like strong beers. Yeah, they've never never felt like that you know you you can have some breweries um like wonder beyond who are very very good at making like mm. double digit beers ipa or, yeah, or dippers imperial beers they and make stuff. a they make very very good you know IPAs, you know yeah. and you have that extra kind of hit from them that body from them that that sweetness that alcoholiness you can tell that they are just a little bit bigger but they Absolutely. Don't hide it. They don't mask it. They just balance things very well. Whereas Atom, I was like, nah, we don't need to show you any of that. We'll, we'll, mm-hmm. This is a six percent IPA milkshake. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I'm just looking at some of these, uh, um, like on Untapped. I'm thinking, am I crazy? <laughs> but uh, the first one I saw was this was irresponsibly amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Irresponsibly That's amazing. The best way Fuck. to put it. That's fantastic. Yeah. Look, That's really good. Someone says cherry coke. Mm. Irresponsibly amazing is like what I want to be described as at some point in my life. <laughs> like as a teacher, <laughs> amazing. <Yes. laughs> Streamer, yeah, sure, I'll take it. <laughs> nice, nice. But yeah, irresponsibly amazing is a great turn of phrase, and it. it it's evocative. I love it. It is. Um, it is. It is evocative. It yeah. People going. Yeah. Um, J- just looking at. Uh, just. Just to finish. Just looking at like the untapped reviews because. Do it for Steam. Uh, yes. Do it for here. But yeah. Yeah. People are saying it makes it the raspberry makes it sour. I haven't even spoken about the fact that it's you know. You know, was infused with like whiskey, barrel mm. aged oh. oat chips and stuff like that. Not getting a lot of the coffee. Mm-hmm. Um. As I say, more chocolate, more more like 
milk chocolate rather than coffee. Um, but yeah, it's. It, I should say it's very nice. Um, hmm. Even though it's very deceptive in what it is, it's very nice. So. Good, good. Um, I fear we are uh, running up to our two hours very, very quickly. Uh, and what? Uh, we've been streaming for an hour and thirty minutes. Exactly. Whilst we've still got Alan and Lucy to jump into, I've got nothing to say. I think I'm going. I'm going to come. Well. I was going to come to you, Lucy, because Adela and I dominated the conversation last week with chats of Final Fantasy XIV. Um, so I was going to come to you well, first. Well, I mean, if if you've got like okay. five minutes worth of stuff, fine. If you've got Probably thirty minutes worth of stuff, fine. Just do it in five minutes. <laughs> yep. No, going to let you lot take the charge on this one as well. I've I've um, not played much. Um, I was playing the Minish Cap. Oh yeah. Uh, mm. Yes. Uh, this last week. Um, I just wrapped it up just before we started recording, actually. Mm. Um, yeah, splendid, fun little game. Um, crappy last boss. So that that was literally my last experience of it <laughs> before just hopping onto here. But uh, I, I, when was that game made? Like two thousand four or something like that. And I I still think it's bizarre that we lead on these. Um, you know, really weird final bosses mm. like i understand when it's like accumulation of all your skills and stuff like that in terms of you know more action oriented games but with zelda it's never about action it's more puzzle solving yes. especially for like these 2d ones um so it just it just makes it a bit weird how they throw these things where it's like yes you have these tools but you've never seen this like kind of enemy before mm-hmm. so you don't know which tools which you know are going to work in this circumstance and it's just like they throw a lot of that at you where okay you're gonna have to use the this rod here you're gonna have to use the arrows here you're gonna have to use this mechanic with this one it's like there's no analog mm. for for that in the rest of the game because it's a completely do new enemy type because it's the final I mean boss. we could but, we could um, spend the next 20 minutes talking just about this couldn't we uh, and the the, the, <laughs> the, the the fall of games in about the mid 2000s where they just separated you from the rest of the game for their for their final boss stuff like uncharted 2 yeah. which which just oh, chucked God, you in ben, this stupid PTSD final fucking land. boss it's like what is I this hate. <laughs> I hate Hate that as much as I love that game, I cannot. Stand like that game was fantastic, apart from that last bit. Awful, just the. Aren't you like running around in like this foresty area? You got these different colors, and there's this guy who can replicate himself. I can't even Liz- remember. Lazarevich, like, yeah, who's just yeah. just takes some kind of. I can't even remember what he does. He eats a mushroom, gets big. Yeah. Shoots it's fire awful. at you after he eats a flower or something like that. I don't know. Just just taken from other games, isn't it? But you just run a figure eight and just shoot with a shotgun a couple of times, and, and, and it, but it's so long. It and this really boss had like long. in Zelda, it had like two forms, and then it's like okay, I save Zelda now. Let's go home and you know have fun, drink at the tavern in Hyrule or whatever. <laughs> and then they just <laughs> they just thrown another in another part of the boss fight after I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> it's got to be three, mate. Um, it's got to be three. Yeah. It's either one it's or there's three. With Nintendo, there's, there's nothing else god. apart from that. Yeah. Because because I went through the whole game without a walkthrough, which is like, 
for a Zelda game that's, that's over 15 years old at this point, it's novel for me at mm. least. <laughs> so, um, it, it, but yeah, actually, I'm just like, show me how to sh- beat this stupid final boss so so I can, you know, jump on recording and it's like, uh, yeah, it, it boggles my mind how it's even worse when there's a difficulty spike mm, right absolutely. at the end. Yes. That compounded by new new mechanics that you haven't seen before. You're just thinking, why? We we've we've been the royal we we've been making games for what fifty years at this point. Surely someone knows how to do a final boss by now. Yeah. It's just uh, very irritating. But yeah, yeah. Um, what, what did you really what did you play Minish Cap on? Wii U, which is the only thing I play on. It's like. Uh, Adil, I think you muted, but um, uh, I am yes. <laughs> I am muted right now. It's 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 weird how my my brain works sometimes because I just want to get into bed and you know just play play a game in the in the evening after work mm-hmm. before I go to sleep. And I don't want to play my Switch, and I don't know why. And then. I'll pick up the Wii U though, <laughs> and then I'll go for a month where it's like, I don't want to play anything but the Switch. <laughs> yeah. And I'll be like, I just want to play on the 3DS, even though it makes my hands hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got, you go from this to this. To this. To the Vita. Yeah. To the, well, to, to the iPhone. Yeah. Straining my eyes. And then I. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it just depends, like. I go through phases like because mm. I, I, I'm very nerdy. What? Some, some wait, 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 shock, wait, 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 like, I wish I was still muted. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's a shock, but I have a spreadsheet of all the games that I play and I colour code like by platform. And then I just see like this whole block of red of like where I've just played my Switch, and then a whole block of green where Ooh. I've just played Xbox. So I go through phases. Is that a PSP? It's a PSP. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Um, that is the only PlayStation console I've never owned. The Vita like, like, is the, Vita is the slightly... only one I've never owned. Oh really? Mm. Mm. Ah, this this thing's great. I mean, oh, the PSP is no. fantastic. <laughs> PSP was absolutely fantastic. This this thing is not good. No, that's true. But the rest of this thing is very good. Man. This is also hacked so I can play any PS1 game on this. I I played so much Final Fantasy Dissidia on on PSP. And and Crisis Core. mm. Well, yeah. Yeah. UMDs. Mm -hmm. So I I was given this because someone found out. A friend of mine was like, wait, you have a PSP? So they gave me this UMD, which is for Monster Hunter Freedom Unite. Which I've never played, but because it was given to me, I had the obligation to put it in the UMD slot <laughs> and then never deal with again. And I've put it back. I mean, I, I think that's just a good point to mention that they're they're sunsetting. I think uh, I PS3 and PS Vita, yeah. Mm. Which is sad. They're not even that old. Yeah, it's sad. They're not even that old at this point. PS3 was yesterday. <laughs> yeah, at least it's yeah. I I guess they've hit a, a a critical point where they've 
you, they've you, decided me, that it's say, that it's yeah. it's not hitting that that cost of cost keeping effective. it open right that's that that will be the but, thing but what's sad about it is that they've done they've made no effort to you know preserve yeah, absolutely games. yes yes if microsoft said i just thought of rebranding xbox live or something very xbox very network level. that's awful almost like anyway. the out of lives <laughs> network no yeah, yeah. basically the same <laughs> Just as big, mm. um, but and important. They wish, yeah. But but if Microsoft said, "Look, we're not we're shutting the Xbox three sixty store," absolutely, that would also be an absolute shame because there's like a lot of licensed games that are mm-hmm. still there and stuff like that. But at least they're making a conscious effort to preserve those games. Yes. Um, it was the same with the you know uh, Nintendo like. They shut the you know Wii shop, and only a portion of those games are available on Wii U, and it's just it's sad, you know. <laughs> it's like I get, I get. It. You're a company, yeah. um, cost effective. You want to do what's cost effective and what what's going to make sense, but it, 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 these are pieces of art that we're just absolutely into but, the wind, but you know, Sony's for... Sony's still live in that kind of like that middle ground don't they and that they, they still have like one foot in the past and one foot in the future it, it, it kind of feels like they're like well Mega Drive games aren't made anymore so why would we let you keep <laughs> buying all of these PlayStation 3 games what you know it's it shocking just, because yeah I mean if they if what? they there was a lot of talk, wasn't there, around the PlayStation 5 and them talking about the backwards compatibility of PlayStation 4 titles. PS3 was a little bit harder because of the the, the, the processor in that console and how those games were made. But the original PS3 had extra tech in it to be able to play your PS2 and PS1 mm-hmm. games, the Fat Boy. Um, they, 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 had, they did think about this. At some point, there was a thought somewhere that they said, right, the PS3 has to be able to play PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 games. And I imagine someone has looked at all of that data about the games that were racked up and played that that is available to them and just gone, nah, we'll get rid of it. Yeah, there it is. The 60 60 gigabyte original PlayStation. 80 gigabyte. Oh, it's 80. I think, yeah, yeah, it was 80. Uh, but also, weirdly, I thought about selling this thing. Uh, this, Sorry, my focus isn't working, but um, this OG with the emotion chip, so it plays all PS2 games via mm-hmm. hardware, not software. Yes. Um, but I brought it from North America, which means this thing plays NTSC discs only and not PAL discs, which means no one in the UK is going to buy this thing, even though it is a UK sought-after thing, because fuck everything. Yep. No, and that's that's another gripe I have, where everything is region-locked on PlayStation, so it's like, I can't get Dino Crisis on Vita because I live in the UK. Mm. I'm just thinking... Mm. Oh, and again, that might be Dino one of the reasons why they're sunsetting those stores, because of the region locking, because of their awkward, you know, different stores and different sort of things. PlayStation 5 is now, like, region-free, right? So Oh, is it? Yep. 
Oh, so it's actually worth having. So, okay. yeah, so you can import <laughs> stuff. Is it, though? I mean, do you want to play a seven-year-old game that everyone loves, <laughs> or do you want to play nothing? <laughs> I'm sorry. Is, is there something mean, other I than d- Demon Souls that's come out on the PS5? I, sorry, I don't mean having one now. I, yeah, I, yeah, I know. I was being a bit, you know... And I was being a lot, you know. It makes it okay. Yeah, screw it. But no, I don't want a PlayStation 5 at this point, but... um. Yeah, I'm glad they've done that because it's just such an archaic thing, you know, <laughs> such a connected world now. It's just yeah. like, ugh. Um, but but yeah, it's 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 sad. Um, yeah, I I mean, PlayStation Two is my favorite console of all mm. time, and the games that are on there and I'd agree. I mean, you know, seminal and just. What you know. ultimately sold me on the PS3 was that it was so at the time I was. Uh, big audiophile and big film fan and it was one of the best blu-ray players um and for its price good and and then it was like when i bought that one it was you could play all these ps2 games and i have had so many friends who were just like man you gotta play blah crash bandicoot (laughs) i I got nothing i don't remember good playstation 2 games i I just remember that like people talked Crook. a lot about them, Pop and on. I had, I, I missed them, right? And so it was like this is the way I could do both, right? There was like mm. three games that didn't work with the chip version of the PS3 because it was the chip version. So I bought it, and it was great. And then I didn't do any of the PS2 stuff. Mm. You could chip PS3s. Yes. I didn't, I didn't know. That. Um, chip the PS1. Mm-hmm. Mm. A long time yep. ago. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Um, Gave it to uh, some man, yeah, paid him like 10 quid. Done. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> great. Good times. But that's why I don't have like uh, a lot of my games from PS1 now because um, we first had a chip console and then I believe that broke and then we got a new one. But it's like that wasn't chipped. We didn't chip that the new one. So it's like, oh, all these chip games, let me trade them for other games. Mm. And, you know, and that's why I'm still angry at that person who uh, took my copy of Rugrats and <laughs> I left with FIFA '96. But um, <laughs> there you go. Um, Mate, they're bringing Rugrats back. Yeah, that that yeah. game's gonna be worth some money now. Are they? No, not if they bring well, it back. It'll it. be worth less. I don't have it. No, no, I, I it'll gave be worth it to more. him, and he didn't give it back to me. Um, Wait, and are they bringing it back? They're bringing Rugrats back, yeah, as a as a as an animated oh, as a cartoon, as an animated cartoon, yeah. All right. Oh, I bet it. Interesting. I don't even think it's aged particularly well. Oh, it has. Oh, has it? It's very funny. Yeah, like I I, I rewatch some bum, of them, and it's like it 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 is funny. Make like, that from from an adult's in lens. a in a in a complete tangent to what we're talking about that era. <laughs> Of Nickelodeon is just Drag. so amazing. Our Real Monsters oh, is like one of the best but also, cartoons ever. Wait, is is Rocco's Modern Life stuff. part of? Ooh, it, yeah, it's a Nickelodeon show. That has that has some really weird moments, but Rocco's I life was fucking good. loved Rocco's. Yep, and it's what was the cow friend called? Oh, I, I don't remember. Look, when I say I fucking love the thing, it doesn't mean I know any details, Ben. Yeah. That's like me saying yeah. I love Final Fantasy X 
I, I ah, except I know ah, all ah, so many details. Ah, yeah, ah, ah. I was gonna say except I also remember how much I hated Blitzball, and because you, so it was the era of the internet where um, <laughs> you knew you could find out about the de- you could get the details about the unlocks on a game, and so I knew that the only way to get Waka's best weapon was to play a fuck ton of Blitzball, yep. and I was like, I like Waka, and then I found that out. I'm like. Sideline, never leveling that guy again. Can't, can't optimize him. Blitzball's the fucking worst. No. I would rather walk around and literally one of the ultimate weapons is you walk around a flat area where lightning occasionally strikes. And you have to get hit by lightning a hundred times and hit a button when the lightning strikes. And then, then you can unlock one of the weapons. High-end weapons. Was that I 10 did or 13? That. Sorry? Was that 13? Oh, maybe it's 13. That's 13. It might have been 13. Oh, uh, okay. Just knowing about... All I'm saying is I made... hit by lightning twice, that just sounds awful. Mm. <laughs> I, all I'm saying is I I have definitely done the 100 lightning strike thing in a Final Shit. Fantasy game and not done the Blitzball thing because Blitzball can eat my ass. What about Chocobo Racing? Oh, yeah, uh, definitely Yeah, did I did that in yeah. the half yeah. All the brooding. I would never all do it again. Yeah. Would never do it again. I was in junior high. It made sense to sink all yeah, of my yeah, hours. Yeah, all the time, exactly. Yeah. You come home, you've got like yeah. 40 hours before you go back to school. You're fine. It's also Bring like it back. An, Bring it back. an era of gaming <laughs> where you, you're like, I could kill this person with Shiva, or I could cast Knights of the Round and watch seven and a half <laughs> minutes of cutscene <laughs> instead of 20 seconds, and I'm picking the seven and a half. Like, Junior High Adil was an idiot. <laughs> you had the time. Oh, he did. I'm, I'm glad we managed yeah. to get back onto Final Fantasy. In yeah, some, yeah. It's yeah, almost like a segue. Yeah, can I just move move on? For, yeah, just closing thoughts on Zelda, the Minish Cap. Oh, yeah. Very good game. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's how we got you. Yeah, I know, um, Ben, you said that you're not, you know, particular about going back into old experiences. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I, I, I absolutely understand why uh, some things are just a bit hard to go back to, you know, all the quality of life things that we have these days. You know, it doesn't um, Sounds like Lucy's calling you out as a not good gamer. No, not, no I, I fully understand it. I've just got such a uh, gap in, you know, Maybe not ten years, no less than that, but a good five, six, seven year gap in my, you know, gaming. How would you call it? I think. I think Oeuvre? like just experiential. Yeah, that's so pretentious, you know. <laughs> yeah, just 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 a gap in my knowledge and of just like you know, games like that, and just mm. really enjoying going back to just polished experiences like this. Cause yeah, I would have enjoyed them back then. I just, but through them, seeing them through a lens now, mm. I just think it, I mm. just appreciate them even more. Yep, yeah, uh, and, and games are crap. Now. <laughs> <laughs> where where you have that little gap, I also have that little gap, but very much focused on Nintendo as well. There's a there's a big portion Nintendo. after the Wii where I just I, I've not touched a Nintendo console since. Uh, so there's everything that came out for the Wii U. There's, there's everything that's come out for the Switch so far, uh, exclusivity-wise, that I just have not played. So so I'm in the weird middle but not middle ground because 
I had a NES, and then when the N64 came out, I got a SNES, and mm. because it was, I got it cheap at a garage sale. Yeah. I never owned an N64, never owned uh, okay. any, and then GameCube. I GameCube. bought a Wii, sorry? GameCube. Yeah, GameCube. No, nothing like that. Yeah, yeah. So then I, but I had friends who had them, so like I played Soul Calibur 4 on the GameCube, so I played Link. Nice. I still think it's probably, yeah, one of the best characters on Soul Calibur 4. Um, but, yeah, um, like, and um, then I got, I got a Wii when I lived with someone. Oh, uh, and then that's it until the Switch, but I've still not really played a lot of the, like, I haven't finished Breath of the Wild. Mm. Um, like, and I haven't finished Mario Odyssey, um, but on the Wii, I played the planet one. What's it? Galaxy. Mario Galaxy. Mm -hmm. uh, the bad one. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't play Mario Galaxy 2. So, like, for me, it's like Mario 1, 2, 3. Pause, pause, pause. World. <laughs> Galaxy 1! <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but Odyssey, the <laughs> and like, and like, obviously, the all the sixty-four ones are like the things that people say are like what made the notion of a three D Mario. I'm like, no. I mean, my the, first three D Crash the, Bandicoot. Let me just say, mm, uh, yes, but the N the N sixty four, I think, is for Nintendo what the PlayStation two was for PlayStation. It it, it took that leap into that three D space. Mm -hmm. Uh, oh, and right. and changed up those franchises, um, yeah, from yeah. Uh, very I, I, differently I'm, from what they were. Yeah, I have that gap because around the time the PlayStation Two was coming out, or even the PlayStation, I was just getting a bit older, and I was like, oh, I "Games are for babies." Mario games, yeah, games are for those games are for mm -hmm. babies. I play the GTAs yeah, now. I, th I think, yeah, and. I, and then Nintendo just didn't do anything that I cared about mm. from like GameCube and Wii U. <laughs> yeah, not not Wii U because I actually have a Wii U. <laughs> Sadly, I don't know why, but hey, let's <laughs> play Minish Cap. But yeah, the Wii I was not interested in. GameCube I wasn't interested in. It makes sense. So. It makes sense. I mean, uh, with the, with the PS2. There was kind of this leap in maturity of games as well. So you've got those GTAs, you've got Driver, you've got the Getaway, you've got those kind of third-person crime-based games, which uh, maturity versus just that level of kind of freedom and doing what you want. Uh, the PS2 kind maturity of, in that sense. Yeah. When you look at them now, so yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. We said maturity yeah, then, it isn't, it isn't maturity Mature. whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and I, I think actually, but, um, just to finish this conversation, um, we, we we kind of live in a in a world now where actually, I think video games have much more maturity to them and are maturing better now than they kind of ever have because of the kind of the nuance of the stories that we can tell and the experiences that we can have which we've not had before you know in the in the PS2 era it was fight these demons rob a bank so, do these things whereas now it's experience life as someone walk in someone else's shoes it's not just like here is this completely hyperbolic thing yeah. that you will never experience now it's like some people experience this 
this is so, something to now think about. And I think that is maturity. It, it, it's not yeah. just... I mean, I think, developers are just getting yeah. older. Yeah, and older I was going to say, anyway. I think the yeah. key there isn't that it's... A lot of um, games development and games has, has, like, leaning on this notion of, like, how much the technology has gone for, but actually it's just the art form has been around long enough that people have figured some things out. Mm-hmm. For example, Papers, Please is not very mm-hmm. complex gameplay-wise. Like, you can make that game 15, 20 years ago in the sense of technology, but you couldn't fucking hope to make that game 15, 20 years ago because it's a five-year-old... Like it's, a, I think it came out about five years ago? Ish. 2013? Yeah, yeah I mean, five, so ten. Eight years, yeah. 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 But I, you know what I mean. Like It, it mm-hmm. took that level of maturity of the medium, mm-hmm. and that's the thing that like is never really talked about, which is, like, new art takes time, and also, especially with this, because so much of this is coding and, like, an area which traditionally wasn't just rife with artists so we had a long period of time where we didn't push the boundaries of whatever the technology could do artistically and yeah. now it's been mm-hmm. video games have been around long enough that you you can pick a level of technical complexity and someone's there and being paid to be there ideally um to do to, to like be like okay how do we make this impactful because but honestly, a lot of this late stage capitalism, we need to sell it. Um, but the thing is, like, but the thing is, we couldn't possibly figure out that we could sell this like depth of experience yes, exactly. until we had enough iterations mm. of the like more shallow experience, for lack of a better term. I'm mm. not trying to denigrate. I'm just saying, like, no, games no, no. are at a, such an interesting point because. We have things like Red Dead, which are lauded for the plot, but also have this open world thing where the plot is supposed to be kind of in the back seat because the world is supposed to tell the story emergent gameplay wise. Mm. But actually what sells people is that. And I think the tension of that game speaks volumes uh, towards where gaming as an art form is. And I know it came out in who knows how many years ago it's been COVID for a year. It might as well have been 10 um, but like we're at this point where people are paying attention to more than just the tech. Oh, these are yes. yeah, these are pretty graphic. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and um, it's just more faith in the audience. The audience has grown up as well, and um, the people and the audience has faith in the developers. Exactly, yeah. And and Red Dead was Red Dead Two was the example I was going to give. Yeah. Like, yes, it's a beautiful open world, but the story is what moved me more than anything mm-hmm. else in that Absolutely. game. So, yeah. Nice. And that wouldn't have been the case ten years ago. Mm. I'd be like, why are these cowboys? So yeah, because sad? it would have been well, <laughs> Red Dead Revolver or well, whatever. Red Dead, Red, Red Dead, Dead Revolver and Red Dead Redemption are, are, are very different to Red Dead Redemption too. Um, mm. You know, Red Dead Redemption is not Dead that far removed, but, but it is different. It's different in the way that it delivers things. It's different in the way that it writes things. Different yeah. in the way that it presents characters. Uh, it, 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 yes, absolutely has has matured. Um, what a what a random tangent we have gone on, but I'm glad that we went <laughs> yes. there. 
Um, My comment was uh, only going to be like Minish Cap good. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh, we cap it off. We, we <laughs> let's Minish Cap it off <laughs> with Minish Cap is good. Um, let's talk about the beers that we have drank this evening. Uh, I know exactly which beer I would pick up right away again, and it is the Beak Northern Monk Wool Double IPA. That is the beer for me this week. The King mm. of the Woodland from Northern Monk and Utilge. However you say that. Owl, owl beer! Owl, owl company. Owl yeah. Yeah, the beer with the owls on it. Sorry. Um, owl it's, beer! It's nice. It's nice. It is lovely as a beer that I think would have been much um, much better received had we had cracked two cans between the three of us and been sat in the same mm, space and yeah. been able to enjoy it and luxuriate over. Uh, whereas the, the wool, I'd just crack another one right now and just drink it to myself. Mm-hmm. And then crack another one probably and drink it to myself. Very well balanced. A lovely set of flavours. Very, very easy. Uh, King of the Woodland, event beer. It, it kind of feels like a bit of an event beer, you know, an of the moment kind of beer. It's this is the release now. Have this. It's very good. Everyone talks about it, and then it's forgotten for drinking wool again next week. Uh, so it's going to be that for me. Uh, Lucy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've gone out yeah. of order again. Uh, but Lucy, now I've said your name. <laughs> what beer do you? What, where do you? Are you going to pick this week? I think I'm with you on that. Um... This, the Oblivion is just a very interesting specimen of mm. beer. Mm-hmm. It's it's fascinating what it's doing. It's it tastes more of a like more of a sour, like more of a you know Neapolitan ice cream IPA. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's sort yeah. of even got apart from maybe you know a lot of the sweetness that. Uh, the ice cream pale from Burning Soul um, has it, it. It's getting through those flavors like the fruitiness and the the slight chocolate and vanilla. Um, it's just a. I'd say seek. Let me say this: if you're listening, seek the Oblivion one out first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Mm. But as a beer that I'd go back to and enjoy. That's just so well-rounded, well-balanced, very competent in what it's doing. As an IPA, if I pick up, you know, some people on the shelf and just want an IPA, then the uh, 0121 Brew one is what I'd go for. Sure. If I want an imperial, you know, stout um, or, or a dessert stout, I'm probably not going to look for this. Mm. I'm probably going right. to go for something else. This is, as you say, a very... I'd love to share this with you lot and just speak about it, talk about it, dissect it, rather than pick it up again and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. If I want to get absolutely blotto and off my face, and <laughs> I will pick this up again because <laughs> it tastes nice. It's a very nice tasting beer. Yeah. But what I want from a stat, it doesn't exactly follow through on that. Cause mm-hmm. I, I I want some more coffee. I want some more body. I want some more, you know. Maybe a little bit more chocolate, more bitterness. Mm. Like, I don't necessarily want fruitiness in my stouts. Yeah, um, that's fair. Especially something that's so fruit forward. People do do yeah. fruit with stouts, but usually the fruit is not the overwhelming flavour where it is here. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's burning. So I've got to go local nice. as well. So yeah, nice. that's, a, that's that's the beer that I'd have again. Cool. Whereas this is 
good. Interesting to say the least. Mm. Mm. Um, Adol, I think you're going to buck the trend. Are you bucking the trend? What, what is the trend? The trend is liking beers number one, the lighter beers. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. you are correct, but I, I am struggling a lot with it. So, the dank sco score sco score skibio is a fucking great beer uh it masks at seven percent in the way you want um a west coast ipa to do it's just like casually seven percent um but also like i said what really sold me on this beer was that it's um it's a it's a, it's doing a spring thing. It's a mm. West Coast IPA that is like at the same time as being like ah citrus, openness, etc. It's got that maltiness to fall back on that makes you think right, it's sunny but it's not war- super hot. Mm-hmm. And so I'm getting both these things out of this. This is an excellent, excellent beer. Uh, I would get two or three rounds of this. So on the Lucy um, sort of rubric, it's this beer. Right. Um, it's this beer. It's the. This is the one I will have multiples and probably multiple multiples. Like I'm going to have three of these if I could. If I was, Hypothetically, if I was in a world where a pub existed where I could have multiple rounds of beers oh. with friends, etc. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's um, a dream. <laughs> but I have to give it to the Verdant Pohala shipping forecast, Baltic Porter, because it didn't feel like 10%, except all the things it was doing was still doing a very strong porter thing. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I want. So... I, I paradoxically want a porter that doesn't feel like it's strong but needs to be strong. And this is what this is doing. Yeah. It's doing it so well. It's and, and it's the crispness, it's the straightforwardness. It's the fact that this is like Yeah. Yeah, because you Chocolate drink more backbone. porters Sorry? on here. You drink more porters on here than probably most style of beers to be honest. Yeah. You drink a lot yeah. of them. I mean and, it, and you're not complaint, but you're. It always seems like you are trying to. You want that stronger beer, yeah. while still retaining those porter sensibilities. Mm-hmm. So this seems like. I mean, the yeah, heavens, exactly. The heavens opened up and said, "Here you go, stop." Exactly, like it, it, it's ten percent. <laughs> it doesn't taste like ten percent, mm-hmm. um, but what the fact that it's ten percent is doing the things I want, which is, it's easier to drink. It's that chocolatiness is dark because um, it's velvety. It's got that texture that you cannot fake with a 5% porter. Um, it's why it's most of that texture is why I just struggle with being like, it's not that I don't like low ABV stouts and porters. Like, mm-hmm. like in principle, it's not like I'm like, ah, low ABV, go die in a fire. It's just like, I need that 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 richness needs to come from somewhere and it comes from the 10 percent but Mm. this shipping forecast is also not making me feel like i'm drinking the 10 percent it's doing the both the things i want which is giving me that velvetiness giving me that structure but not making me like be like oh i'm having a real strong beer no i I, so 
This is the beer that I will have three of at a pub. This is the beer that I could easily have three of, even though I shouldn't have, I guess, is the and thing, maybe right? Like, not, and then walk home for but, eight hours. But also, night, yeah. but I recognize that, like, why I like the shipping forecast isn't because I could have three of them. I just will want to have three of them. Sure. Yes. Why I like the um, dank, depending on how which tin you get, um, is because I can easily have three of them, and I can easily get three of them, and this is going to be great. Mm-hmm. So... It's kind of hard because this is this dank, beautiful beer from one of my favorite brewers. Um, but this, what the shipping forecast is doing is exactly what I wanted from a pover. And it's, and, and it's exactly sort of like, it's, it's harder than I give credit sometimes. Yes. Because yeah, yeah. mostly yeah. I whinge that it's like, well, why don't more reporters do this? And it's beers like this that let me say why don't more beers beers do this because this beer does it right yeah. like it Absolutely. has to go yeah it Good. has to go to this one Good. yeah yeah that's fair yeah that's fair. I, I i'm the same as you like i want that stout that's it needs the alcohol mm. a lot of the time not just to as you say i'm having a big boy beer but to get that fullness and body yeah. to it mm. so, so yeah nice I, i'm gonna have to seek that out and may i posit Maybe that's so good because it's Paul Holler as well. Yes, <laughs> oh, absolutely. They're so good. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. so good. At I mean, this is. I mean, it's Verda and Pahala. Like, how, of course, I bought this beer, <laughs> like, and, and 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 then it didn't disappoint. That's a very good point. Is like, mm-hmm. strong brewers make strong beers that are strong. Yes, using their experience to be able to deliver exactly what you want. Yeah. Good. Uh, that is us then for this week. I'm going to appreciate your time and sign out very, very quickly. I'm at Nova underscore 47. Adel is at the Omniarch. Lucy is Juicy Lucy 9. You can get everything that we do at outoflives.net or watch the things that we do occasionally live here on our Twitch channel. Please like, subscribe, share on your podcast viewing service of choice. Open the conversation up. Bring your friends in. Come and join our Discord. Message one of us and we will ping you a link to that. And come and chat to us each and every day if you want to. That is everything. Very swiftly and succinctly. I'm going to go and finish this beer and just crawl into a corner somewhere and cry. <laughs> For this week, we've been tanked up. Bye-bye. Go into your little cubby Bye. corner. <laughs> Off to your corners, lads. Yeah. Off to your corners. <laughs> 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 www.outoflives.net.